0: You want the best leader long term for your organization and you can you know work through anything that uh, you would need to have done in that week because you know you're hiring the person you want long term. From a culture standpoint you know being positive and collaborative as a leader is something we were looking for and it's exciting I think thinking about the pairing of Kwesi and Kevin and uh, what we can do together as an organization.
1: The wait is over. The Vikings welcomed Kevin O'Connell as the 10th head coach in franchise history on Thursday. Welcome into an exciting episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm your host Tatum Everett, as always, joined by Gabe Henderson and Jay Nelson. And we have a very special guest on this week's pod, Vikings Chief Operating Officer Andrew Miller, who joined us to talk about both the head coach and general manager search process. But first, you know, guys, the moment arrived. We got to meet... And and hear from new Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell. Um, it was his first time at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center when he spoke to the media and fans got to, you know, get a glimpse into who our new coach is. So, Gabe, you had a chance to sit down with him yesterday um, in an interview that will be released very soon. So what was your major takeaway from that conversation?
2: He just wants to win. And I like
1: that. <laughs> um,
2: I asked him, like, what what motivates you? And he just says winning. And it, it, it's a process to winning. And he's a man that that loves the process. Just being around him for um, a number of years when, when I was in Washington, working in Washington. He was one of those guys that you knew that winning was everything. The only thing that mattered. And of course, the Washington football team didn't get it done. He got it done. However, in, in L.A. the past couple of years and then winning the Super Bowl this past weekend. Winning is the only thing that matters when coming to this Minnesota Vikings team. And when, when when he said that, his eyes lit up and I asked him, I was like, how do we get to that point? And it was like, well, it, it goes, it, it starts with, you know, everyone being bought into the process and the process of the three C's that he talked about commitment, collaboration and culture. And another C that he used, if you want to say four C's is consistency. And if he said, if you put all four of those C's together, that is a winnable Franchise a winnable business, uh, a winnable person, and if you have for all four things in life, you're winning at everything that you do. So that that was probably the biggest takeaway just from from the one on one. And
1: it's funny because um, you you mentioned that the winning was everything, like everything. that's what really is for him. But I I found that like for him to talk about how he's also able to keep a very even keeled sense, like never too high, never too low, when winning is everything. I bet that's kind of hard sometimes because like you really want to relish well, in the celebration, but he's also focused, like you said, on the process.
2: Yeah, and I think being a former, him being a former NFL quarterback, he, you're, you're taught not to get too high or too low. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, he said it too, he's brought, in that, he's brought that same approach to coaching. Never get too high, never get too low, only focus on the task at hand. And I think that that will translate well to this team. Of course, there are going to be wins, there are going to be losses. But if you keep that mindset going forward of, hey, we, let's just win next week, win today, win tomorrow. Um,
1: he's already got one W yeah he yeah. won the press conference. There's That's no correct. doubt that about it. jay. True. what did what did you think about what you saw and in, in Kevin O'Connell's press conference?
3: My notes were basically he aced it uh, if you go very through nice. if you go through the checklist, <laughs> you kind of look at it. Touched on the fan base and how passionate they are. Haven't seen it from the visiting sidelines on a couple of different occasions. Uh, thank the Wolf family for kind of believing in him and giving him a chance at the same point. Also talked about the value of hard work and all the stuff that Gabe was just talking about with, you know, kind of the three to four C's. Um, and the, the main, the main one that really jumped out to me and that just kind of kept Uh, Beating into the message was collaborate. I think that's something that you heard after the season from some of the players at the same point you hear from him about how important that is Um, kind of the even keel nature that Gabe was just uh, touching on as well. Those are the things that in in the past we've all talked with in this room of saying, you know, what's important? What's an important culture? What's a tone that you want to set? And it's it's kind of we're in control. We know what's going on. We know what's happening. Yay, yeah, you won, but don't relish in it too much. Oh, no, you lost, but don't dwell on it too much. It's like get back to your process that that you believe in and that, that you have as your cornerstone. And it kind of felt like between... The message that Kwesi has been talking about since he came in and then Kevin yesterday seems like they're very aligned uh, together in kind of their mindsets of what they think is a winning culture here. Um, I'm going to be even more uh, excited and kind of impressed just to see them unfold it um, kind of behind the scenes here as the players start coming in for workouts as they get through the combine process. But it felt like you know Kevin was he was genuinely appreciative, very happy, and not only from the press conference, but talking to Dan Barrero on KFAN all of this, this stuff was very consistent in his message as well. So I was very excited just to kind of see it and, and kind of finally get to a point where we know what we're looking at. Almost. We almost have the assistant yeah. coaches done, mm-hmm. but just the messaging from him and from everybody in leadership, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with the, the squad we currently have.
1: Yeah. I mean, not to sound cliche, but it really is just a clean slate, a fresh start. And, and with the two changes, you know, at GM and head coach, it's, it's a culture flip and i know there are there are a lot of you know change is not always easy and and i don't think this will be easy but it is nice to see that both guys are on the same page. And I, and I feel like it's very genuine. I don't feel like it's yeah. one of those. Um, I think even when we get into our conversation with Andrew Miller, you know, you, you see the consistency, like you said, uh, not to throw another buzzword in there. Cause I feel like that's kind of been the theme of all of this or all these buzzwords, but, but the consistency of all the messaging has been, I think it's exciting and yeah. it's something that hasn't been here. I think in, in a few years, I think
2: another note of, you know, those two being consistent and collaborating together was when Kevin said, during the, I guess, the interview process when Kwasi and Andrew Miller, when they all flew out to L.A., he said he knew immediately that he wanted to work for Quasey. And he said, it, it sounds cliche, okay, I want to work for this guy. But he said, you know, just from being in head coaching interviews um, throughout his career, he said Quasey was the first guy where, even on the Zoom, before everything started, okay, like, I want to work for this guy. This guy, me and him see see things similar. Of course, they worked together for one, one year in San Francisco, I believe it was yeah. 2016. But the fact that they hit off hit it off immediately and the fact that they have a lot of common things as far as when it comes to building a culture, I think that that helps this
3: entire franchise going forward. I also think uh, with the culture flip of what we were just kind of uh, starting to address here, having two younger guys with fresh ideas coming from outside culture, outside of here, just different organizations that have had success and had a bunch of kind of the new turnover into the new NFL I think that's also one of the things that's exciting the fans I love that you
1: said that the -hmm. thing that's
3: exciting the fans is is there's been a lot of uh griping and harping on the fact that uh it's kind of the older NFL and kind of maybe it's too stale and you know what if we jump into the future um one of the the pieces that was discussed behind the scenes, even um, just by a couple of us was saying, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. Is it going to be kind of the new trend in the NFL with going with the younger vision? Is it going to be the tried and true and kind of the proven commodities and some of the, for lack of a better terms, retread coaches? Um, And the fact that not only was the GM, but the head coach are both um, kind of 40 ish and younger. And kind of looking at the new style of the NFL, I think not only is it going to revitalize the building itself just to to have that kind of attitude in the building, but it's going to revitalize the locker room, I would assume, too. having younger guys that can identify with the younger players and say, listen, we understand where you're coming from, what's important to you. If they can all get on the same page, not only from the front office, but to the coaching and all throughout the locker room, it just feels like you can get everybody lockstep in order to kind of go for the common goal, which is ultimately to win a Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: I love that. I mean, it's it's more about being proactive and not reactive in your hiring and in the way that you want to implement systems, because there is something to be said about doing something new. And you're not the first team to obviously like try this out, of course, but it's worked. We've all seen it work. And so to not be like in the back of the pack at this point when nothing's work working and you're kind of just doing the same thing and expecting different results It's it's nice to see, um, to try something new and to, and to try to break out of that mold. And, um, you know, I, I think, the point you made about the locker room is really special, too, because you see something that resonated with me is that the ownership of the why, which I know is another kind of like buzzy kind uh, kind of phrase this day and age, this player we'll do whatever you want as long as he knows how and why. Like, what am I doing this for? How does this better serve my game? How does this better serve the team? And O'Connell was saying, you know, I'm not going to hire a coach that's not going to go and explain and teach one-on-one to players or somebody who can't relate to players one-on-one. Um, and that's, I think that's so important because that's how you create this culture they're talking about.
2: Yeah, I think, and I keep bringing this up, just, just from <laughs> just from being around Kevin O'Connell, Uh, For two and a half years when I worked in Washington, he was he was one of the only coaches that was able to connect to the quote unquote knuckleheads of the team and to get some of those guys to to buy in to what he was trying to teach. it It was interesting to see how it all came to life. Like some of these guys, they, I mean, you know, these guys have big egos. They make a lot of money. Some of these guys come from areas where um, the resources are, are are not as plentiful as others. So when you have a coach that understands that and gets behind those guys and say like, hey, like I care for you. Like I don't care about your money. I care about what you want to do as a person, what you can do on this football team and ultimately what you can bring to this franchise. I think that helps everyone going forward knowing that, hey, when, when, when I'm sitting in a meeting room and my head coach in front of me Looks me in my eyes and tells me that he cares, and then let his actions back up his words. That'll make anybody run
3: through a brick wall for him. One of the things, too, for him is he's got the credit of saying, I've been in your shoes. Right. Yeah, for he's sure. He's been through the process. He, you know, college quarterback, drafted by the Patriots, uh, eventually got into coaching, and now he's still young enough where he can look at some of these guys and be like, yeah, I was in the league at the exact same time that you were. We've played on similar fields. He is a guy that can kind of put his money where his mouth is and connect on that level as well. So there's there's the human side, there's the coaching side, there's the former player side. He's just kind of checking boxes here. So
1: total package.
3: The one thing for me is is we keep bringing up you know buzzword buzzword. It's only buzzwords if it doesn't work,
1: <laughs> I
0: right? Like that.
3: Like, yeah. like if if you're preaching. Kind of the consistency and collaboration and all of these different pieces, but you back it up and you win, yeah, then everyone completely buys in. It's as your identity as, at yeah, that point. That, That's the thing.
2: Good. I mean, even of consistency, he did say yesterday in his press conference that whether we win or whether we lose, we're going to be as consistent as possible in mm-hmm. the process. So even if that doesn't yeah. turn into wins, he's still going to be consistent with what he believes. And I think that that is still good to know that, like, hey, like, yeah, we will adapt, but my philosophy of how we got to this point won't
3: change. All coaches push for consistency. Yeah there's the infectious nature of it though once you start winning yeah. that's when more buy-in happens yeah. and i i think that the goal on his end is to say there there is the tried and true methods here we know this kind of stuff works i mean we heard that as well from from zimmer before because he knows that his his system worked but for a guy like kevin coming in where he's more of the offensive minded coach at least on the front end mm-hmm. and looking at kind of the 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 flipping on its head of saying Kevin's going to be the guy who's coming in with the new attitude and everyone's going to be excited about it. There's also going to be a lot of players that are going to say, you know, I have to prove myself that I'm going to fit within the system of what he and Quasey are going to build. And so there's going to be a lot more questions that are going to be asked here coming up, not only through the combine and free agency and the draft and all that process. But once they actually get on the field and start getting through drills and realizing you know, his coaches have to be able to buy into what he's selling as well. Yeah. Get all the coaches on the same page and then get the players out there, get them on the same page. Once you start to kind of feel that that motion moving and everyone's, you know, kind of rowing in the same direction. That's when the culture and the consistency and the mm-hmm. infectious nature of it all really kicks in.
2: Doesn't it seem like, you know, like Kweisi, you got Quasey who's 40 years old. You got Kevin O'Connell, who's 37. Both of those guys are leading the forefront of their respective fields as far as front office and coaching but the experience behind them like all those guys with all that experience i know we'll talk about the, the coaching hires later on in the show but it, it kind of to me it kind of feels like they're just going to be allowed to just hey you guys put all your ideas into a, a big bucket okay mm-hmm. okay yeah let's let's formulate these ideas first these thing out but let's try to make this thing more modern also and use that experience and push it forward to to make it young, fresh and, and, and exciting for the player. So, dude, I think this engine is going to work perfectly. Yeah, like, I mean, I you got to think how think, everything's going to work. Like, I, I'm I'm pumped.
1: Yeah. You think of Grigson and Petten and coming in here with Donatello as the defensive yeah. coordinator. You think about, you know, those guys have seen things not work and, I think what's more exciting about that is as as great as that is to have, you know, that knowledge and that experience in the room to kind of use as a sounding board for those guys to also buy into this youth movement hype to buy into the new modern NFL. Like that's kind of cool, too, because you see these guys that like kind of they're like, you know, I see where this is headed and I want to be a part of it.
2: Ad- adapting um you you have to i mean this mm-hmm. you, you have to adapt if you want to continue to be successful and i feel like every every almost every team you, you see a young coach here or there that's that's getting opportunity i just i'm just thinking of the bucks right now Arians, an older coach but he has a guy byron Leftwich who is leading uh the the new wave down there and, and making things fresh and, and exciting but you, you still combine those and you, you look at the philosophy and say okay this is what makes the NFL the way it is. And this is how we continue to, to, to move it forward. So there, there's a healthy balance and I'm
3: glad it's finally here. I'm just looking forward to Kevin O'Connell versus Matt LaFleur. Matt, that, that's uh, going yes. to be, what's going to be fun for me. Is that will be fun. There's always the rivalry amongst coaches, but when you kind of come from a similar tree and have mm-hmm. all that, that, uh, knowledge together. That's going to be fun to see those two uh, du- dueling it out on the field.
1: And only to see what the offseason will bring, huh? The yeah. NFC North is very so interesting right now. So many questions, a lot of change, a lot of potential change down the line. But let's, let's take it a step back, though. Our guest in the podcast today is Vikings Chief Operating Officer Andrew Miller, who joined us to talk more in depth about the GM and head coaching process that he was heavily involved with over the last month and a and now it's time to welcome in vikings chief operating officer andrew miller to the minnesota vikings podcast you are a huge part of this hiring process we're very lucky to have you as a guest this week and and you kind of mentioned it a little bit as you walked in you know the hiring process is over what has this last month been like for you
0: yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's it's great to be on the podcast with both of you. And uh, it, it's been exciting. You know, I think there's been a lot of work that's gone into it from people across the organization. Uh, and anytime you have the opportunity to find two new leaders, like a head coach and a general manager, you want to put everything you can into, you know, turning over every stone and uh, doing it in a thorough and thoughtful way so that you you find the right leaders for the organization. So, so I think uh, we've all been invested. And I think mm-hmm. it's been something that uh, has been fun. And obviously, we we feel really good about the results with Kwesi and Kevin joining us.
2: We were talking a little bit yesterday and, and, you know, you've been a part of hiring processes before. But being a part of this where a coach is playing in a Super Bowl and you got to be patient, but you still want to get the job done. What was that experience like for you?
0: Yeah, I mean the hiring process itself is very different in this situation than in, in normal, you know, business related <laughs> hires. Uh, you know, the timing is much more condensed, and you have to follow the NFL rules about when you can and can't contact coaches that are still in the playoffs, right? So you don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl, you know, at the start of the process, mm-hmm. and so you need to kind of plan for all the different contingencies, uh, and it goes very fast. So you know, those were some of the differences, uh, but in in the end, it's still about finding the right. lead. Leaders for the organization, and uh, I think that's where ultimately, from a process standpoint, it's asking the questions, getting to know people as human beings and as leaders, uh, and understanding you know the different options that you have.
1: How much contact did you have with Kevin? You know, throughout this process, I guess you know there are so many NFL rules that you speak about. I guess you know, for a fan's perspective, like was it hard waiting that last week to the finish line?
0: I think it's always hard when, when you've identified somebody that you're excited to, to hire. And ultimately for us, um, you know, f- looking at an extra week you know, to 10 days to two weeks that we would have to wait, uh, you want the best leader long-term for your organization. And you know, that week goes by really fast. Yeah. And so you, know, you, you can you know, work through anything that uh, you would need to have done in that week uh, because you know you're hiring the person you want long-term
2: understanding that the process of getting there. I know you flew out to LA once to to have the first in-person interview. What was that process like of, the, the virtual one to the in-person one. Uh,
0: so each of them had roughly two-hour interviews, uh, and there was a, a wide group of people uh, internally and with ownership that participated in each of those. Uh, and then we moved to the second round we wanted to do in-person uh, for Kevin because you know they were in the Super Bowl. They had just won the NFC Championship game literally the night before. Uh, we only had access to him if we went to L.A. So yeah. we, we flew out to L.A. And, <laughs> and did that, and it was a great experience. You know, We, we got a few hours with him and uh, really got to – know him, you know, both as a coach and as a person, a lot better in an in-person setting.
1: Right. So his first day at these facilities, Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center, was his introduction day. So, right. you know, you kind of hung out with them all day. we able, you know, he got a nice tour. His family was involved. Um, what were his first impressions of just the facility itself and, and everyone in it?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to speak, you know, for for Kevin, mm-hmm. right, and to tell you what his impressions were. But uh, it certainly seemed like he was really uh, over, over the top, you know, excited about the facilities we have, which is, uh, you know, expected. I mean, we're really fortunate. You know, ownership uh, has really invested in incredible facilities uh, for us and for the organization. And uh, we heard that every single person we talked to across the board uh, about the the facilities we have, both US Bank Stadium and TCO Performance Center. Uh, and so, you know, seeing Kevin take it in for the first time uh, was, was exciting and yeah. uh, I, I think, you know, as a, as a coach, as a general manager, uh, you know, probably walked in thinking, here's all the things mm-hmm. that I can do in this building.
2: Yeah. And when you, when you walk around and look around, you say, oh, there's, there's endless possibilities for success.
0: I, I had the same impression when I came in. I also hadn't been in the facilities until I got hired. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been fortunate. I've worked on uh, a couple of spring training facilities mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of stadiums, you know, in baseball and, you know, have a good sense of, you know, the, what it goes into building these types of buildings and knew that uh you know, everything I'd heard was these were the best in the in the world yeah. and walked in was still blown away by how incredible they are. <laughs> no, so. I mean, I
1: was just in the cafeteria and ran into one of the new hires and he told me, he was like, I was a little nervous to come all the way out here. He's been in the league for a long time. And he said, this has been such a great transition. Like I've, the people are great. The facilities are amazing. And he was really excited. And this is just in the first conversation I've ever had with him. So, I mean, it, it really is an easy sell to get people to come here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Outside of the winter. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Just say, hey, if we get (laughs) you here, we got you. But I mean, on top of that, we got Kevin here. Yesterday was his press conference. And then if if you look on, I mean, our job is to engage with fans, understand how fans feel about certain things. And everyone is saying Kevin won the press conference for you. Were there any takeaways that, that stood out to you from his press conference yesterday?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it really was aligned with the the person and the coach that we saw through the interview process, which you, you always want, right? You want to you know see someone that comes across in, as their authentic self, yeah. and uh, you know Kevin clearly did that. You know, and I think from a culture standpoint, you know, being positive and collaborative as a leader is something we were looking for, and, and that certainly came across. He's obviously a very intelligent and successful football coach, which I think came across as well. So Mm -hmm. it's exciting. It's exciting. I think thinking about the pairing of Kwesi and Kevin and uh, what we can do together as an organization.
1: Um, We really haven't gotten a chance to talk to you about Kwesi's hiring as much either. So I'm actually a little more familiar in what has happened since he's been here. So what, what has really stuck out to you or what's one thing that's stuck out to you about how he's handled his first couple of weeks on the job?
0: Yeah. I mean, so first of all, the the feedback we've gotten on both Kwesi and Kevin uh, from across the league is all very consistent. And I think when you ask enough people, uh, you really see the themes that that stand out about a person. Uh, And both of them, it was extremely consistent, you know, both positive, collaborative, uh, intelligent, uh, you know, really incredible leaders and thoughtful and innovative. And uh, I think to a person, people talked about what incredible human beings they are, which is Mm. really important. Uh, and so with with Kwesi, uh, it has been fun. It's been fun to have him on board for the last couple of weeks, and to really kind of start seeing him, you know, dive into uh, both the head coach, you know, search as he started, and then you know the the rest of the coaching staff. And uh, you know, there's a lot on his plate when you jump in, yeah. you know, midstream like he is. And uh, it's been exciting to see him make progress.
2: It's been, I think, just from both Kwesi's and Kevin's press conference, the word that they use a lot was complex. Kwesi used complex systems. Uh, Kevin uses complex illusions and basically making those simple. What does that mean to you? I know you said you have a lot to learn from these guys, but like, I I know that kind of gets you excited.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, listen, those guys both know a whole heck of a lot more about football (laughs) than I do. Uh, So it's been fun to learn from both of them. But, you know, ultimately we're we're all living in a complex world. And and so, you know, I've taken some things that Kwesi has said uh, and thought about it from an organizational standpoint or a business standpoint, uh, because ultimately what what we're looking at is a world that has many different factors uh, that are changing all the time. And so how we set things up up uh, to ensure that we're adaptable and flexible to those changes is, is really important.
1: Yeah, I think it's also when you speak about another word that has kind of been popping everywhere is that analytics word. And I know of that it's a huge word from the world you come from in baseball, and now applying it here to the football hiring process. You know, both both of them are a little hesitant when saying it. But but what does that word technically mean to you as you were as it plays into the hiring process?
0: Yeah, I mean, in my background, you know, being from baseball and working with baseball analytics is really in its you know. F- Formation uh, as an industry, uh, being part of overseeing uh, some of the early work in business analytics, you know, as applied to sports. Um, You know, I think ultimately it comes down to information. And, you know, from a business perspective, uh, we're trying to understand our fans and we're trying to use information to make decisions that are going to be providing fans what they're looking for. That information can come from a lot of different sources, and you don't need a PhD in statistics uh, to be able to, you know, really factor that into your decisions. And some of that information, can come from observations, from direct fan feedback, Mm. uh, from the experience that we have internal to our organization. uh, And some of it comes from from data. And it's a taking all that information to make the best decisions possible is really what we're trying to do. And, you know, looking at what, you know, Kwesi has done and, uh, you know, how he thinks about it, it, it's a very similar approach, right? It's how do you, you know, take information in, in different forms and use it to make the best possible decisions.
1: So I'm I'm guessing that when you were listening to him talk about that during the interview, you were getting a little bit excited, like, man, this guy, like, I I feel like we're on the same wavelength.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's uh, done incredible things in in his career in football. And uh, I think it really positions us to to take steps forward as an organization, which is exciting.
2: Yeah, and with those steps, what are those next steps now that The GM is here, the head coach is here. You said it before. Now you can go back to your day job. (laughs) What is that? What do those next steps look like?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's I know uh and Kevin are are busy as we speak, you Mm -hmm. know, starting to interview uh the remaining coaches that are outstanding and and taking steps to you know begin kind of aligning on what we need to do from a roster standpoint. Uh for me personally, yeah, it's it's going back to my day job (laughs) and uh you know, probably going back to some emails that were left unresponded to over the last few weeks (laughs) and uh you know really focusing on where our business goes and and how we uh, really take steps towards, you know, achieving our goals as an organization. And uh, from a business standpoint, that's about building that world-class fan experience Mm -hmm. and engaging with our fans uh, and using our platform for a positive impact. And, you know, we're in the middle of a a budget process, which is normal for most companies. And, uh, you know, how do we best, you know, focus our energies towards those goals?
2: Speaking of energy and world-class fan experience, both Kwasi and uh, Kevin talked about U.S. Bank Stadium and Understanding what that home field advantage looks like for us on the business side. I feel like our job is to get the fans there for them is for the for the fans to have a good show. So for you, how how does that energize you knowing that we have this new leadership now that is, you know, working hand in hand in a collaborative sense to make this whole thing come together?
0: yeah, I, I think it's it's sometimes it's easy to take for granted you know, if you're not going around to every stadium in the league, uh, just how incredible and unique the fan experience is at u s Bank Stadium, uh, even compared to other stadiums in the league. And we heard it time after time after time with every candidate we spoke to about what an incredible advantage uh, Vikings fans create at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, and that's really energizing, right? Hearing that from your opponents or, or people who have coached your opponents mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, it's it's unique. And U.S. Bank Stadium has an environment that's different from anywhere else in the world. And, and Vikings fans are the reason for that. And so from our standpoint, from business, you know, it's, okay, how do we take that and go even to the next level? And, you know, 2021 was an incredible season for us uh just bringing fans back and you know 2020 was surreal not having any fans at any of our home games and every single one of us was committed to how can we bring our fans back and when we had that first home game in september and when we you know moved through the season that feeling of you know fans being back the energy they create uh you know the skull chant you Mm. know prior to kickoff it's something that's one of a kind in in this world and Mm -hmm. uh it really allows us to have a competitive advantage
1: Definitely. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and let the fans know a little bit more about the entire hiring process. It really is an exciting time here with the Vikings, with a new GM, new head coach, new fresh energy for the 2022 season. Andrew Miller, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I love that the fans get a chance to see a little bit more behind the curtain of that hiring process through what Andrew Miller was able to talk about and to hear how you know it it wasn't a done deal. I mean, for me, it was like he said it, it made me laugh a little bit because I was like he said it went so fast for him that week and I was like man I don't know if fans totally would would potentially agree with you on that man they yeah. were sweating bullets there down the down the stretch of the week we had to wait to see the announcement huh
2: people were panicking if you, if you, if <laughs> yeah. you got on Twitter you, you saw people saying oh well this might happen or this might happen so it, it was never in question that Kevin O'Connell was going to be the head coach but they, they
3: did make it exciting. They for, made for him parents. sweat, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like knowing your birthday's coming. You think you know what you're getting. And then you're like, well, what, what if it doesn't happen? That's so <laughs> true. You know, there, there's yes. the nervousness, the nervous energy of it all. But, yes. uh, you know, in the end, we got our guy. And I think a lot of people are going to be really happy here uh, going into the future with his vision and his leadership.
1: Yeah. I mean, just it's a revitalized energy and just a new sense of excitement, passion, purpose. Like purpose. Yes. Yeah. No, I like all of that. For sure. Well, um, you know, Kevin O'Connell might have been on the job for just one day so far, but he really um, got to his hiring process pretty early on, found the guys he wants to uh, add to his staff. Some of those assistant coach positions have been filled. There is a full list of those names on Vikings dot com. But, Gabe, I wanted to ask you, is there any of those re- most recent hires to you that seemed very interesting?
2: Yeah, well, we, we know it's a quarterback-driven league and no, you only go as far as your quarterback takes you. And, of course, we know Kevin O'Connell was Kirk's quarterback coach in 2017 in Washington. Another name that stands out to me is Chris, Chris O'Hara, who is going to be the quarterback's coach here now. He worked with Kirk in Washington also in 2017 and is a, a brilliant mind. You look at his resume and you say, okay, like he's worked for a few teams, but this is like his first big job or first job where he doesn't have an assistant on his title. So. I I do think kirk makes another step in his career with these guys behind him that he knows that he trusts i mean uh, right before kirk left washington he he gave kevin o'connell a jersey a signed jersey with it with with a couple of words basically saying i hope our our paths cross in the future and look at us now so in addition to chris o'hara another name to think about is brian angelico he is the passing game coordinator here for the vikings now and he coached a guy in Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed. It'll be interesting to see what he does in, with the next steps of uh, of a guy in Earth
3: Smith Jr. For me, there is a another thing that's jumped out here is as much as we keep talking youth movement, given the GM and the head coach, there is some legitimacy and some long-term talent that is on this, this staff that's been announced so far. There are still a bunch of holes that need to be filled, but you brought up Angelico. He's been coaching since 1995. You got Donatel, who's been coaching since 1979. Um, You you also have uh, a guys in O'Hara who was 09. uh, Mike Petten since 1993. There's a ton of high schools that are listed in here, as well as colleges and pros. Um, Lots of you know Petten was around three all pros and 18 Pro Bowlers. A guy like Donatel uh, has been around six all pros and 21 Pro Bowlers. The experience level that some of these assistant coaches are bringing in here on all levels shows that they've been able to get it done from, you know the the smallest schools to the NFL level at this point. And I think as a guy like Kevin, one thing that that also jumped out in his presser was kind of saying, you know, I know I don't have all the answers, which is why I'm bringing in experience with me, yeah. and that is also exciting to me. Is is just seeing the level of of where some of these uh, coaches have been. Um, even a guy like Gerard Johnson, who's the assistant QB coach, uh, the fact that he and Kellen Mond are number one and number two all time in four different categories at Texas A and M, you just start to see. Speaking of that, um, so his brother is Marquise Johnson, yes, who's the assistant shrimp coach. Yeah, so that's the thing is like you're you're seeing that. Uh, All of these different coaches have a wide swath of experience on all levels. And I think mixing all of that with the youth movement, I think, is going to be a very uh, fun and interesting mix when they're trying to, to, again, build the culture here and to start something fresh. Youth movement. That sounds like a... Album I was gonna say it's a good uh, indie band name. <laughs>
1: you, uh, yeah, you would Youth go Mo- see them at like Bonner or something. First
3: Ave. I'm gonna go see <laughs> Youth Movement at First Ave for First sure. First yeah, Love it. Love that's, it. That's sellable.
1: No, I do. I love that. It may be the off season, but it's exciting times ahead. I know everyone is very busy and buzzing around here for what's to come in the 2022 season. And it all starts with the combine in a couple of weeks. We will continue this podcast, which I know, I think it was what, a couple of weeks ago, we were like signing off until big things happen. And then now we're going to pretty much do an episode a week since then. So, Hopefully, we will have some more behind-the-scenes information for you as far as the hiring processes go for the next couple of weeks. Plus, we're headed to the NFL Combine. So, stay with Vikings Entertainment Network for the latest on the team as we kick off this new era of Vikings football. For Gabe Henderson, Jay Nelson, I'm Tatum Everett. We'll see you next week.